Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast, is brought to you by the Friends in Recovery Community, a thriving network of individuals who are fighting back against the stigma of addiction. Join our hosts as they speak up about the real issues of addiction, treatment, and recovery. Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast, is available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Now, here are your friends in recovery. Welcome back to the Friends Recovery Show, everybody, uh, with Jersey Ed. I'm Jersey Ed, your host, and I'm along. I'm here along with Buckeye Bambi, and today I am sitting with Jeff Seizel. Jeff Seizel. Welcome, Jeff. Welcome to the show. So today is the second week in the, in the month, guys, as, and as we all know, when we get it right, it's Jeff's week. So here it is, it's second week, we're going to get it right, and you guys will be listening to Step 9, um, a clinical look at Step 9 with one Jeff, Seizel. Jeff Seizel. So, But before that, guys, I'd like to just go into a, a couple of things. I want to just remind everybody we have a podcast hotline now. It's 800-989-6504. Um, um, and you can also email us at help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com. And we can, um, we can answer any questions you might have there. Um, I'd like to thank all our donors who made this show possible. Thank you so much for keeping this show going. Jeff, you'd be one of them too. Bambi, so are you. Um, thank you guys and everybody out there. To make donations, um, if you can, Venmo us at help, uh, help uh, Venmo us at Friends of Recovery Enterprises under business. And I think, Bambi, we have one for Cash App. Cash App. Yep. Scholar sign friends in recovery. Scholar sign friends in recovery or cash. Or if you're old fashioned, like Jeff and I. <laughs> very, very old and very old. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You can mail a check to Friends of Recovery Enterprises, P.O. Box 1551, Johns Island, South Carolina, 29457. And um, also, Bambi, did you know, and Jeff, did you know we are part of the Fire Network now? And what is the Fire Network, Ed? <laughs> funny you should ask. Funny, funny you should ask, Bambi. Um, the Fire Network is is a um, a network of podcasters that share the same kind of um, passion, recovery. And um, if you go to our website, Friends in Recovery, uh, Friends in Recovery, uh, what is it? Uh, what's our website, Bambi? Friends in Recovery. Recoverycommunity.org. Yep. It will be on there. It's not on there right now, but friends in recovery community.org, it will be on there. So uh, we'll, 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 you can see who's our network. Um, if you look before the show, there's a little fire network sign. So all that good stuff. So um, stay tuned for some amazing recovery literature today, guys. We are going free balling today. All right. No, not you, Bambi, but Jeff and I. <laughs> um, no literature we're going to use today. It's all going to come from here. It's in a steel trap. So it'll probably be a three minute show and we'll be done and over with and life goes on. But uh, no, it'll it'll be a good show. We're going to talk about step nine, like I said. So no literature for you guys to go. I have no shout out today except for Carl over at Soberpod, Soberpod, Carl and Chelsea. Um, we love you guys. Um, everything's uh, everything's great with those guys. And uh, any sober shout outs for you guys? There is a friend of mine, John C., has like 210 days. All right, John C. Wow, fantastic. And I have one as well. We okay. forgot last week. It actually was last week right before we recorded was Angelique's wedding. So oh, yeah. She proposed wedding. on this podcast. She did. She proposed on this podcast, not with 
us on this one, but with me and Mike, um, the podfather, uh, some time ago, and they finally got married. So if you go back a couple episodes, well, a lot of episodes, just look for Angelique and uh, and Kim, I think it is. Yes. Uh, and uh, you'll, I, I don't know what the name of the episode, I know Kim, I, Kim's great, but I don't know what was named. But if you go back and, and look for Angelique, it'll, it'll be on there. Guys, don't forget, um, quick meeting update. We, get, we do two meetings a day, seven days a week. Um, join us on our Facebook, um, Friends in Recovery Communities, um, and, and just make sure that, you know, you, you come, if you need some, some information on, on, the, uh, on the meetings, that's where you can get it. Bambi, you're always posting on there um, when the meetings are going on. She posts like an hour before each meeting every single day. So, um, and then also don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, and share. Um, this podcast because that's how it gets out there. That's how we get famous, right? Well, Jeff, you're already famous, but <laughs> but me and Bammy are thriving to be famous. Um, and then don't forget our Instagram, our right? Facebook, TikTok, and all that, and Telegram. Tell us, tell tell the lovely audience about Telegram. Uh, Telegram is a free downloadable app. It's like a messenger type of thing. And it's um, if you search for us under Telegram after you've downloaded the app, we're Friends in Recovery Community. And um, there's just daily support there. Um, so there's support. Any time of day you need it, someone is going to be up and respond to you. So it's a really great app. So make sure and join us on there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then this week, our question of the week is question of the week. So the question of the week is, can you remember something that at the time seemed like a terrible, unpleasant, bad thing, but when you look back on it now, it became a really good thing. Hmm. That's an easy one for me, but Bambi and, and we asked Jeff to give us a question of the week. He literally just gave it to us a couple minutes before the show started. So Bambi, I want you to, uh, to uh, what you call it, to go to talk about that one first, because I'm okay, well, something on the computer so we can start the show. Oh, I okay, can't find well, it. It's, it's easy for me because my last relapse, because I'd been in and out of um, recoveries and was determined I was not going to work the program and I didn't need those damn steps and I didn't need a sponsor and I could do it all by myself. So my last relapse, although it was devastating, it started me on the path to where I'm at now. So that was an easy one for me. That was, yeah, that that's what I got to say too, is my, um, my recovery, like 28 years ago, um, I over 28 years ago, now I got into recovery. Um, I thought it was the end of the world. I mean, and, and you probably hear this a lot in, in this office, we're actually in Jeff's office up in, up in uh, Woburn, Massachusetts. Um, but you know, you know, it's like, I thought it was the worst day of my life, but I can honestly tell you guys, it was the best day of my life that I, you know, when I looking back at it now, obviously, yes, I know that. But when you're, when I was in the middle of it, it just, just didn't seem like it was good at all. So, um, but that's, that's, you know, that's how it goes. And I'm sure there's other things along the way that, you know, that we, we kind of come into, but Jeff, what, what, what's your answer to that? Question? So, you know, it's, it has nothing to do with recovery per se, but I had some injuries just being sort of active and physically involved with, you know, sports and so on. So I had a terrible Achilles tendonitis. And then uh, all of a sudden, when one day I'm in my kitchen and I slip and I completely rupture my Achilles, a remarkably painful thing. And, and it takes about a year to heal. And this actually happened in January. And I had 
through in February. So I'm like five, six months out. And my Achilles, so at the time I said, this is a terrible thing. I can't drive. I can't get in the car. I have a cast on my ankle, seven, eight weeks, crutches. My mobility is compromised and I'm like in a really bad mood. I'm cranky, irritable. I can't go to the gym. Hard to go to work. (laughs) Snowing outside. What the hell? And, And I think fast forward, here it is, September. I heal fantastically. Mm. My surgeon said I'm like better than new and I'm in zero pain. I haven't had zero pain in in this calf area in probably a decade. Wow. So a bad thing happens and something good comes out of it. So there's like a lesson that we all can learn. Like, you know, sometimes you got to wait it out and see how it goes. And when I accepted the fact that this is sort of the the moment of recovery for, you know, the the concept, I accepted the way it was. This is how it is. And then it got better. Yeah. So, you know, it's sometimes about letting go and accepting. Yeah. Well, accepting is the answer, right? I mean, it's acceptance it is. is the answer. almost everything, not just our drinking. And right. it says in a big book, acceptance is the answer, but everything that we do, you know, like this or, or whatever, whatever the case yeah. may be. Because what do you have control over in life? Very, very few things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the weather, the traffic, you know, health conditions, et cetera. How people treat you, getting a nasty email, someone being rude to you. you have zero control over those things. Mm-hmm. So what do you have control over? Your reaction to those things. Mm-hmm. You let these things go. You don't let someone sort of push all your buttons. Exactly, exactly. So, and that, that was a good question. It wasn't hard for me to, that one was not hard for me to. I knew both of you would have like yeah, a quick response. That was good. That was good. <laughs> so it's funny last minute. So, um, so today we're going to look at step nine again, because it is September. It is um ninth step and um ninth step is made direct direct made direct amends to such people whenever possible except to do so when we would injure um them or others and we spoke pretty in detail last week bambi um you and i about about this step and i i think this is a great step for jeff to talk about because a couple reasons being you know why why do we have to say we're sorry why do we have to you know admit our 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 wrongdoings why do we and i mean i know why but but what is it a little bit deeper what is it how do we heal from that like jeff was just talking where he he's healing from this and he was happy to to do this you know happy to not happy to do yeah. it but you know please to get through it please to get through yeah. it yeah so the, you know making amends what what power does that have over us for our healing what power does that why why do we why do we need that in our lives to say we're sorry and and then just move on to the next thing you know why i mean if, if you can if that makes sense yeah, to it's you. A, so it's a, it's a great question because when we think about you know what hurts us and what keeps us you know beating ourselves up and having negative self you know beliefs and you know being remarkably critical of ourselves it's the you know we're so harsh on ourselves because we think we've done something terribly wrong and perhaps we have mm. but we also are looking for a way to like get resolution and you know, and absolve ourselves. And there are many ways to achieve that. You know, some people say, well, you know, if you're Catholic, you can go to confession and perhaps get some sort of absolution from that. But, you know, the, there's actually uh, the, the belief of like talking to another human being who you've actually harmed. Number one, that takes unbelievable amounts of courage. Mm-hmm. So I always say like in life, and I've said this before, it's the hard things that have the biggest payoff. Mm. You know, it's, it's a risk reward. So something that's really challenging and hard and so and, and so overwhelming at times, that has the biggest payoff. So, you know, often I say, like, think about things you've accomplished in your life and that you feel proud about. Mm. It's not, gee, I 
took the trash out. No, I you know, had recovery. I went back to school. I you know, worked hard in an athletic event. I wrote a book. I focused on, you know, getting up early every day and, and tutoring my daughter in, you know, in the class. Mm-hmm. Those are hard things. Mm-hmm. And those are the things you feel good about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we, so the ability to go to someone who you know you've done wrong or have impacted them in a negative way, that takes a tremendous amount of courage. Mm-hmm. So right out of the gate, that's something you can sort of feel good about. Even if you get rejected, mm-hmm. even if they say, you know, go pound sand, even mm-hmm. if they say, I'm not talking to you. And, you know, that's painful, but, you know, you have to respect someone for going, you know, walking in the valley of death. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And most people spend a lot of their years avoiding that and they never actually get over it. So it takes up, you know, a lot of and it's in a bad spot. You know, sometimes it's about resolution. You know, often you hear about, I just want to resolve one way or the other. You know, I want to know, you know, I want to go to get the court case resolved. And if I win or lose, it doesn't matter. I just want to move on. It's the not getting things resolved that keeps us prisoners. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've heard people, uh, so I see a lot of veterans and police officers and people in war zones. And they'll say, you know, when the shooting started, at least we know we were engaged. Mm-hmm. Like we're not waiting. Mm-hmm. I hope I get through it, but at least we know where we are. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's a you know that so that's part of like the recovery process. Like you're starting the acknowledgement, you're moving forward, and there's something powerful about talking to another human being and putting yourself in front of them. And like, and it's a power differential. You are like being perhaps because you're apologetic, you're in a lesser position. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say subservient because I think people are equal, but you're owning something that you've done that has hurt someone. And you're hoping they will forgive you. And even if they don't, you generally feel better. Because mm. at the end of the day, we are only responsible for our half of the equation. Mm. I'm not responsible for someone accepting my apology. I am responsible for offering it and mm-hmm. trying to make amends. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a great explanation because um, last week, Bambi, you and I were talking about, you know, about this. You know, how do we, you know, how do we feel? What do we say? What do we do? And Jeff just confirmed it. You're there just to keep your side of street clean, keep your mouth shut, say you're sorry. They may tell you're an asshole, you're a moron, whatever. Um, and we were at the time when we did that, you know. Um, how do you, Jeff, how do you deal? Bam, do you have any anything you want to add to that before I get into the next? No, no, I'm, I just love listening to him. So I'm <laughs> know, soaking everything in. I know, I know. I know. So, so it is interesting. So, you know, I grew up in a dysfunctional home. My dad was alcoholic. And I always say, like what I was mentioning earlier, you know, I wanted to, I want life to, well, actually, I'd always want life to be hard, but it is hard. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised when things happen. Mm-hmm. So subsequently, growing up in a dysfunctional home with an actively alcoholic dad, and my mom was dying of cancer, not easy. Mm-hmm. But I remember being 15 and saying to myself, hey, if I can get through this, I can get through anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's like the New York East Coast mindset, New York, New Jersey, Boston, Philly, et cetera. Detroit's like that too, probably Ohio as well. You know, places where life isn't so easy. And you, you're like the steel belt, you know, gritty people, people like, you know, have a work ethic. They get up, it's, you know, th- they, they're slogging through the mm. bad weather, the slush, the, you know, and so on. You know, the only thing we're missing is pestilence. Mm. So, uh, but the, the ability to sort of have things hard means that you actually are prepared for life and then you can rise from that. Mm. So, uh, so I like things being hard, you know, would I rather have something easy? Yeah, sometimes, Mm -hmm. but you know, if I'm going to the gym, 
what workout do I feel better about? The easy one or the hard one? Yeah, of, of course, course the hard yeah. one. Yeah. Right. So, you know, am I proud about myself? Because I, you know, I, as an adult, I can read at a second grade level. Not really. Am I proud about myself? Because I can read something that's really scholarly and challenging. And, you know, and I, I learned some new words and learned some concepts. Yeah, probably yeah. so. Yeah. So the, you know, the, the whole process of like moving forward allows us to sort of grow as, as people. And, you know, when we are suffering with things, it does take, you know, a special person to be willing to confront it. And once you do that, you actually realize you can feel so much better about yourself. And there's a sense of relief, a weight is lifted. Mm -hmm. So I remember being in graduate school and talking to my dad about his active drinking and he was in recovery now. So, you know, I, I remember sitting in the living room and I said to him, gee, dad, do you feel bad about what has happened in our household? I think I mentioned this before. And what was I really looking for? I was looking for him to apologize yeah, yeah, for how we were mistreated. Yeah. And it wasn't mistreatment with a capital M. It was a lowercase M. But, you know, when you're a little kid and things that your toys are broken, it's always yelling at you, you know, that's, that's trauma with yeah. a lowercase T. Yeah. So, uh, and, and it you know, feels bad, but, you know, you, you find ways to move on from these things. And what I was looking for was the apology. What did I get? What mm -hmm. I got was my father said, well, I don't really feel that bad because I now know that what I had was the disease. Mm -hmm. So that was good for him. It maybe wasn't what I was looking for, <laughs> but it was good for him. And I actually accepted that. And I said, all right, this is, you know, once again, life is hard, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. you know, the expectations I had were pretty low anyway, because I didn't want to set myself up to be disappointed and pissed yeah. off. Yeah. So, you know, and I love my father and it was fine. It was yeah. a beautiful Sunday afternoon sitting in the living room. And you'll appreciate this, that we had gold gold furniture you know the fabric on the couch yeah, yeah, yeah. covered in plastic oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so well you know and again you know all this all this is just you know these steps are in, in place for reason number one number two um the question I, I have for you is when somebody's in early recovery and bambi and i had a big conversation about this last week and most of the mm -hmm. show was about it because it was the first two paragraphs of the um of step nine People want to come in and just do step nine immediately. I want to say I'm sorry to everybody. I'm right. three days sober. I'm three days. Make out amends of to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Make amends to everybody. Yeah, and wants to get back to his ex-wife and apologize. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. It's exactly what we were talking about. <laughs> and I did. That's the first thing I wanted to do. I'm like, ah, oh, step nine. You know, if this I apologize, <laughs> all is good. That's right. That's right. The yeah. most dangerous thing you can do is give somebody a twelve and twelve or a big book in rehab and let them read it through on their own, right? Because think about it, you're reading all these steps, you're reading step nine, like, oh man, if I could just skip through to step nine, you know, uh, it would be great. So why do you think, Jeff, they have this so far deep into the steps, you know, so far deep, even yeah. after um, step four and five, where, where we're, you know, where, where, where we're talking about our shortcomings, you know what I mean? And and nine and 10, now we're finally apologizing. Why do you think it's so deep? So, so that, you know, there's no shortcuts in life. You got to do the work. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, the, the, you know, Bill W. and Dr. Bob are really smart when they put the steps together because they realize that, you know, you have to build upon each preceding step and you need to be patient. So one of the things that many of us lack is patience. Mm -hmm. Patience is a virtue. So we struggle with that. So is recovery. That's a virtuous thing. It's a good thing. But it takes time to get there. And we want people to sort of own it. So some people want to apologize just so that people aren't mad at them anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I can relate to that, quite frankly. But mm -hmm. 
it's really not a true apology because an apology is as you're apologizing to them and you you know the, we wait so we can understand the pain we brought them mm-hmm. and we're not trying to whitewash it. and we have to sit there and be patient and take it on the chin and, and hear what they have to say and own that and we have to be prepared for that because if you're in early recovery and you're apologizing and it doesn't go the way you want, you could actually go out and relapse mm-hmm. or it goes the way you want. Now you think you're scot-free. Now you don't have to do any more work. Mm-hmm. Now you have what you want. And guess what? It's probably not going to last mm-hmm. because what yeah. got us there has not been resolved. Yeah. So the self-doubt, the self-hatred, the depression, the anxiety, all those underlying themes that we really haven't come to terms with. And the whole notion of recovery, you know, it's a lot of work. It takes mm-hmm. time to get there. And, you know, th- you know, I always say the best programs, you know, in the recovery world, you know, the longer you stay, the better the outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, a two week spin dry is not going to get it, no. you know, and, and, and people, you know, what they say, you know, do 90 minutes in 90 days because your, your brain is actually healing. The neurological functioning mm-hmm. of, of your, you know, psyche and, and physical brain matter takes time to mm-hmm. heal. You're abusing it, mm-hmm. you know. And there's chemicals in your system. And, you know, like we know that certain drugs have a half-life. They last a really long time. So what's a half-life? You know, you take it and then you got to calculate how long does it stay in your system? You're still maybe not exactly under the influence, but you're not exactly clean either. And that's okay. It takes time. We don't expect people to get it right away. But it is a process. And I think step nine is like a really important one. And by the way, the ability to apologize that comes from the heart is a very powerful experience. Yeah. It he, both people heal, yeah. and not not all the time does it get accepted. But I think sometimes you have to realize that you know that's you don't own that part of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also I think you know, like I like what you said. You know, two weeks spin dry, even a month, a year. It took me five years to really get my marbles back and and understand like what what how life is going and which way life may or may not go. You know. I mean, I, I grew along the way in my yeah. five years, but still, it still took a while that, you know, may not have been five years, but it still took a while to understand all that. And if I think if I jumped into step nine right away, um, and, I, and I shared this last week, I would have got what I wanted. Right. And then, like you said, I probably would have relapsed, yeah. you know, if I apologize. The only person and you, and the only person that I wanted to apologize to was my ex-wife. That was it. I didn't want to apologize to my mom, my dad, nobody else, because I wanted what I wanted. You know. right. So what do you say to somebody that sits on your couch over here and says, okay, well, I'm three months into this and I want to go, you know, I want to go apologize to everybody. Now, I, I you know, what's, what, what does that do? I mean, you tell them to slow down. You yeah. know, so you one know. of the things I say is that, you know, let's talk about what happens if they don't accept your apology. Mm. And by the way, what about apolo- apologizing to yourself? Mm-hmm. What about forgiving yourself so you can actually unburden yourself with this pain? Because once you can sort of offload that, because you are responsible for your own behavior and your own actions, feelings, et cetera, that, you, that person may not forgive you. So then you, you're a prisoner for the rest of your life. No, you have to find a way to help yourself heal. And I think it starts with us. It starts with the individual. Then you can sort of bring it to someone else. Mm-hmm. So what do they say about AA? It's a selfish program. And, you know, and all of us, all three of us are not selfish people. Mm-hmm. You know, we care about others. We care about helping others and recovery and so on. But, you know, apology is a powerful thing. It takes a long time. So just recently it was the 50th anniversary of the Munich massacre. So that was in 1972. The 11 Israelis were murdered by uh, the Palestinian PLO in in, in Munich, the Olympics. And the really remarkable, a lot of people don't remember the story. I remember it very well. And the German police were in charge. 
this week they just apologized to mm. the Israelis wow. that they mishandled it. Wow. 50 years later. And the Israelis accepted the wow. apology. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's that's what and, and if they didn't accept it, the it was there and it was done. That's I mean, right. And it, and if they didn't accept it, the German government did the right thing by yeah. owning it yeah. and apologizing yeah. and saying we mishandled yeah. it. But but that might take, you know, and another thing is, you know, the first time around, sometimes we don't apologize to everybody. We, sometimes we can't, just like you know, I was explaining last week, um, because I had a, a restraint, I, I had a restraining order against my mm-hmm. wife. And you know, and first of all, I wouldn't have been good to do it three months out of rehab, anyways, you know. Right. But but Bambi, what was some of your um, on your step nine, what was some of your worries or some of your fears and, and um, you know, how Jeff explained it, what did you get that satisfaction out of it and understand exactly the, not exactly, but how Jeff explained the, uh, the clinical piece of it? Yeah, I do understand it. I guess my biggest, um, when I went to make an apology to my brother, you know, I wanted to tell him all of the stuff. And he said, no, I don't want to hear it. I know what you did. I was there. I was alert. I was there. I don't want you to rehash it. Um, And I'm ready to like make this deep apology. And I've got like everything had been written down and I rehearsed it with my sponsor and everything. And um, he said, no, I accept your amends. I don't need to hear it again because I lived it. Um, So, you know, I, I walked away. I mean, I felt good that I'd made the amends, but I felt like I only made a partial amends or half of an amends. And he said, no, I see what you're doing now with your life. And I'm proud of you. And I accept your amends. But that left me feeling something, you know, like I didn't do my part. Yeah. And the other thing too, is we want we don't want to traumatize people either. Right. Right. I mean, that's the important. There is another party involved. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes we have to be mindful that, you know, it may not be appropriate for us to make an apology to this person because we may do more harm than good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, again, something we talk to our sponsor about, our therapist, our, um, you know, pray on it um, and really think about, is this the right thing? Um, And we might think it's the right thing. And then you got somebody like Bambi's brother saying, hey, listen, stop right there. Mm -hmm. I get it. I see all your actions. Let's just move on. Mm -hmm. Now, when, when somebody comes into therapy, and, and they think, you know, they think they're going to apologize to everybody and, and be a perfect, you know, kind of like perfect apology. How do you bring them back down to earth? How do you talk to them out of that? Not out of it, but, yeah, but, but realistically, realistically, right. it's probably not going to happen. Right. So we always talk about like, hey, what, you know, what, what's your agenda here? You know, is it to apologize because they suffered or to make yourself feel better? You know, maybe it's a little bit of both, you know, truthfully, but you have to be prepared. You know, it's like it doesn't always go your way. So you just own your element of it. You own your piece of it. So I was telling them, like, you know, let's give it some time because it does take time to heal. And maybe it's just a starting point. So maybe the starting point is, gee, I would like to talk to you about what I did to you. And the person may say, oh, at some point, but not today. Well, that's a starting point. So we build upon it, just like the steps, you know, you follow them and you get there. So maybe it's like at some point, do you think I can come and chat with you about what happened? Maybe that's where we start. And, mm-hmm. then, and actually, I meet with people and we rehearse it and we I tell them to write it down and to think about it and so on. Um, so an apology can go a long way, but I'm going to put an apology out right now because we actually have a time constraint. We do. I know. We, we have, have to, to be somewhere. Yes, yes. So I'm going to apologize to having to cut it short. Yes. But it's a, this is a good starting point also. <laughs> and we'll continue the dialogue. Yes, absolutely. And yes, we do have a put another meeting that we have to be in. And I know this, you know, our time, we, we didn't go Facebook Live tonight. So we apologize to everybody who might be listening to this. We just had to do it a different time and a different day. I'm going to be at a conference 
um, on Saturday and Jeff has a prior commitment on Saturday and Bambi would have done it on her own, but she wouldn't have Jeff on the show. So, <laughs> but Jeff, thank you so I much. I was available. I have yeah. no lie. At the CS, yeah. so. <laughs> he was available. Thank you, Bambi, for having Bambi being with us. Absolutely. Anything before we close? The great show. I mean, it was wonderful. Yeah. You know, it's short and sweet, sometimes better, but anything right. that you want to add to what you, what you just heard about Jeff talking or anything along, you know, no, uh, no, I, I really, um, I en always enjoyed listening to Jeff when he's not that I don't enjoy you also, Ed, but I enjoy Jeff because he does give that clinical look. So makes me dig a little deeper into things. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if, if uh, I'm just looking for the number, here. if you have any more, uh, if you have any questions about um, step nine, or if you want to get a hold of Jeff somehow, if you want to, uh, I'm just looking for that. What's the baby? Do you have the number? Um, the podcast phone number. I can't get it. Oh, here it is. Okay. Uh, hold on. If you want to get a hold of us, just don't forget to call the 800 number. It's 800. I think it's 989. Hold on. Uh, here it is. 1-800-989-6504. And if you have any questions for Jeff or you like us to pass them along, you can also email us at help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com and we'll get them out to Jeff. And also, um, you know, if you want to talk to Jeff a little bit more in depth, maybe we can, you know, kind of forward that email over to Jeff and he can start a dialogue with you um, because this is just the tip of the iceberg, guys, about step nine. This is a lot more in depth. There's a lot more kind of um, working work that you have to do with your sponsor. I would suggest definitely a therapist to make sure everything's set up correctly. And then when you do go do those apologies, which they don't happen in one day, they may happen over a period of time that you come back to somebody like Jeff or your therapist or whatever, and your sponsor and, and process that. Right. I mean, that's an important part of the all, all step nine right. process, whatever happened, the happiness and sadness, whatever it is. So please reach out to us if you if you have any concerns or, or, or you want to contact us and we can get it, some information in Jeff. Um, Jeff, thank you so much. I thank appreciate you. it. Thank you for letting us use your office. Jeff and I are together here today. We just had some business we had to do. That's why, uh, that's why we're here together. And Bambi, maybe one day you'll be in this room with us and we can. That's right. Maybe so. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds so, good. Guys, I want to thank you for another great show. Um, Jeff, thank you for taking time out of your busy day. And believe me, it was a busy day. Okay, believe me. <laughs> we, we had to squeeze this one in. So, um, but anyways, I just want to thank everybody for listening and um, stay sober, everybody. This concludes this episode of Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast. Follow us on Facebook for past shows and updates and enjoy free access to twice daily support meetings. Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast is available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube 24 hours a day, seven days a week.